0: What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. Per- you only need to ask one question What's, What's the, spread? the spread? All right, let's go. Thanks for joining us on another episode of What's the spread? My man, Mr. Brad Thomas. I am Miles on Sports. It is another week in the great world of college and NFL football. How we doing, my friend?
1: Miles, I'm good. I had an amazing experience going to the Alabama-Mississippi State game. I was up in the press box with some NFL scouts. I mean, yeah, with some NFL scouts, which was a super fun experience. And the Crimson Tide looked very good. They bounced back very strong. Um, so, you know, I'm doing really good. Looking forward to the schlacking of Tennessee this weekend.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I hope that Alabama and Ohio State are following a similar trajectory here where, you know, we, we had that wake-up call. You know, yeah. Ohio State had theirs against Oregon. It was a little earlier. I feel like a was a little bit of a wake-up call for Bama. But how about both programs just coming back immediately and showing why they are two of the best in the country? <clears throat> and We're going to talk about Clemson today, and they've, you know, they've they've had trouble doing that. So there's, there's a lot to be said for that. What's so crazy about what we're seeing right now I think one of the biggest storylines in college football right now, and I've been bringing this up to anybody who would listen, is that Cincinnati, right? You got Cincinnati over here at number two in the AP poll. But the real question is, in a few weeks, what does the committee do with Cincinnati? Just because they're yes. number two in the AP poll doesn't mean that the committee is going to have Cincy in their top four. And I'm actually struggling to believe that they're even going to have them in the top four.
1: I think Cincinnati lands somewhere on like six. Like you look at the strength of their schedule. It's not very great. But the, a win over a terrible Indiana team, a win over an overrated Notre Dame team. And then outside of that, no one in their conference is playing well. I think what the only difficult game they have is a SMU on the rest of their schedule.
0: Yeah. And I'll say that one of the biggest factors for them, if they do make it into the top four is the fact that you, you look at it this week, we have no top 25 matchups this November schedule in college football—I mean, this is one of the most backloaded schedules yes, that I've seen a long so. Especially time. Especially the Big Ten. Especially the Big Ten. You know, SEC. I mean, there. When you're in the middle of October and you don't have any top 25 games, you know that's only going to help Cincinnati in the first rankings. But once those Big Ten games start coming down the line yeah. and all these top 10 matchups start happening, and same for the SEC, then it's going to be a different story. So. You know, we can get into, into our top ten, you know, in a few weeks here and see where, where we have Cincinnati, but I'm just not sold yet, man. I and and I feel like it's 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 only going to push the question more for expansion. But yeah. You look at these schedules that, that these teams are playing and how good a lot of these teams look, and Cincy does look great, but I'm just not sold on the schedule.
1: Yeah, it's it's much like that UCF time, you know, when UCF had their right. time. Cincinnati has a higher A P ranking, but That doesn't mean anything.
0: Well, let's go ahead and start the show here uh, with the college game day game. And happy that we're not back in Athens for a third time. After (laughs) being in Athens for a second time last week, they're finally doing something different. They're going out to the Pac-12 where you could really argue this Oregon and UCLA game with Oregon coming in as a top 10 team, but UCLA at two and a half point favorites. So game day going out to Pasadena. This is the last chance for the Pac-12. Oregon is the last chance for this conference already, (laughs) which – Surprise, surprise, right? I mean, this is how it is every year. Every single team in this conference has uh, two or more total losses except Oregon. So now we're looking at a situation where how do they look coming in here uh, for a college game day matchup? And, you know, definitely one of the biggest games we've seen for this UCLA program in quite some time. How are we feeling about this spread? You
1: know, I was interested in this game a little bit here because – Anytime you have a ranked team on the road getting points to an unranked team, it always spells trouble. And I had to dig in why. Oregon, 1-5 against the spread this year. The only game they covered against the spread was the game they played you guys, played yeah. Ohio State. Um, what's going on with this program? I'm not sure in terms of, like, what's, why is Kayvon Thibodeau Only playing in the second half of games, or he's sitting multiple series back to back to back out. Like, is he not 100 percent? Disability problems. I'm gonna back the Bruins here. Um, Listen, in the last three head-to-head matchups, they're two and one against the spread. Last ten conference matchups, they're seven and three against the spread. But what's really the factor on both of these teams are they're very powerful run teams. However, of the two defenses. UCLA has a better run defense. And they have they don't have just a better run defense. They have a stout run defense. So without CJ Verdell, they're gonna Oregon's gonna really have to rely on uh Travis Dye. Um, who who proved that he's good. You know, he proved that he's good. And I just think that in a game where your quarterback is gonna have to be the question, I mean you're gonna have to answer the question for Oregon. I don't think it's gonna happen. Also, one thing, the reason I think that this line is two and a half is the Oregon's defense is basically depleted down to no one um, in the middle linebacking room. So, you know, those things, those hurt when you have guys like Charbonnet running the ball, you know, the guys who have to, when you have guys need to fill the gaps against powerful and strong running backs. I mean, it's just, there's just too many question marks on the Oregon side and them going on the road to a college game day game. I'm going to have to back the Bruins.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm also going to back UCLA here to come away with the win and knock the PAC 12 out of the playoff conversation uh, you know, you you mentioned Oregon hasn't covered a spread this year other than Ohio State, but they're also 2-9 against a spread in their last 11 games overall, dating back to last year. So yeah. just a lot of trouble covering the spread there. And then that UCLA rush defense, man, as you said, they're only allowing 91 rushing yards per game. And Oregon is going to be focusing on that side of the ball to get things going. And as you as you mentioned, their top rusher, you know, is has been injured since the Stanford game. So at this point, I just feel like, Again, as you said, it's always a little fishy when you got a top ten opponent getting two and a half points in a yeah. game like this, especially considering how electric this environment should be. Yeah. Uh, with with game day being there, three thirty start. I'll take UCLA. It's a small enough spread here that all we really need is a win.
1: Yeah, I don't think this thing lands on two. I think that UCLA wins this game by like four to eight points. That's a that's a too big window. So let's say four to six and a half. You know.
0: All right. Up next, you know, I feel like we haven't talked about Clemson since week one <laughs> and that Clemson in that Clemson-Georgia in game, and here we go. Clemson going on the road to face a ranked Pittsburgh team that you were very high on in the offseason. Pittsburgh is coming in here as three-point favorites. My eyes are still adjusting to something like this, uh, but here's the thing, man, with Clemson. 0-7 against a spread in their last seven games. They are – what is going on with the Tigers' offense right now? All right. A lot of that, I think it was reminding me of what we were saying about Iowa State in the offseason, where they just they don't have a downfield passing attack, but they also can't run the ball either. Yeah. I mean, there is just nothing there, week after week. We're halfway through the season. I haven't seen any improvement from this Clemson team. And until I do, I'm not going to back them. My man Kenny Pickett over here for Pittsburgh, very quietly, 21 touchdowns, only one interception. Pittsburgh is not just doing it with their defense this year. They're actually doing it with the offense and six and one against the spread in their last seven games dating back to last year. This is a good looking Pittsburgh team that is seeing this as an opportunity in a year down.
1: You're making me so happy, miles. You know, I've never been this excited for you to be on the same side as me. I gave this play out on my Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas earlier in the week, because I've been monitoring this line to see what the movement would do. And Thank goodness we got it before it started to take off. I think he said three and a half now, opened at two. Just two hours ago, I put a $50 wager on Kenny Pickett to win the Heisman at plus. I think I got him at uh, 20 to one. I got him at 20 to one, all right? Kenny Pickett, like you said, is having a quiet but dominant year. I think that he has the ability to put up the stats. And after this game, has a relatively soft schedule from a defensive standpoint where he could – Be in the running for a Heisman Trophy. And whenever you have, all you need to do is have two of the finalists. And then if you don't think they're going to win, then you can hedge out and take small profit, whatever. This Pittsburgh team is very good defensively, only allowing 23 points per game. I know the Clemson defense is a lot better, only allowing, uh, what, 20 points per game? I mean, 12 points per game. However, Pittsburgh has an offense and I have an identity, but you know what's even better? They have a path, they have motivation. Clemson goes out there every week, and I think that they were stripped of their dignity in that Georgia game, and they realized how bad they really are. DJ Ayungalele is not the answer. He can't throw a pass ball down the field, and I'm very disappointed in in what I'm seeing from him. Former five-star quarterback, highly coveted recruit that is doing absolutely zilch. What's also worse for this Clemson team is their offensive line is god-awful. This is a Clemson team has allowed 12 sacks this season so far. When you're allowing 12 sacks this season, yes, a good amount of those came to Georgia with a mobile quarterback, that means their quarterback's getting pressured way too much. I just think that the Pittsburgh offense, coupled with their very talented defense, is just going to be too much for Clemson. Um, you know, getting the home game and should – had Miami, uh, University of Miami been a better – this could have been a, a look-ahead game because they play Miami next week, but – they're going to run away with this conference. I don't see anybody in the conference who's even going to put up a fight against them.
0: Yeah, when you have an opportunity like this in your program like Pittsburgh, you got to take advantage of these times when a program like Clemson is down and this is one of those games. But not just that. As you said, you see it on the field. Don't back Clemson right now because they're not giving you any reason to believe that they can go in there and win this game and cover this spread. Nothing going on on the offensive side. The defense is still very good. But – There is zero identity on that side of the ball right now. And Pittsburgh knows how they're winning football games. And they're coming in here very confident and ready to cover this spread.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. All right, what's next? Next, we have the Wisconsin Badgers, who are laying three and a half points, traveling to Purdue, number 25, Purdue coming off a massive upset of the number two Iowa Hawkeyes. Miles, I'm going to go ahead first. I've been back and forth on this game. And for some reason, it just feels gross. It feels icky to back either team, you know? But I'm going to go ahead and back Wisconsin begrudgingly. Both teams have possible look-ahead spots um, or let-down spots. Wisconsin has a look-ahead to Iowa. Purdue uh, coming off on a big loss, a big win over Iowa. I just think that I have to go with the better defense. Um, I think that this defense is good enough to keep teams under that 20-point mark. And Wisconsin, you know, they're creating turnovers, offense and defense, because Graham Mertz sucks. But anyways, they're creating turnovers, and they're doing enough on defense to give their offense a chance. Since that beatdown that they suffered to Notre Dame, they have excelled a lot better. I know they have a loss inside that span, but I'm going to go ahead and take the 3.5 points. I wish I got that 3, but I'm going to go ahead and lay the 3.5 for Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about this game. Uh, I think it's an interesting matchup in the Big Ten West, which is a division that is completely up for grabs right now. You got Purdue at 2-1 and one in that division, Wisconsin at 1-2. and two. So really, uh, you could look at this as a must-win game for Wisconsin if they want to stay in this division race. And as you said, I do feel not great backing either of these teams, and I don't want to overreact, but I am going to go with Purdue here plus three and a half after their big win last week, mostly because I just still haven't seen enough from Wisconsin and after seeing such an impressive performance from Purdue and Purdue hasn't allowed more than I think 27 points in the game this year. So I have faith in that defense that they can keep Graham Mertz in check who has been anything but impressive yes. Wisconsin. Now they do come in with the bet with the better defense number two overall in the country, but blowout losses to Notre Dame and Michigan. And since they've only beaten Illinois and a 20 to 14 win against army last week. Now army, very, uh, is definitely an anomaly on their schedule now coming back to a conference game. But I feel like three and a half is enough where Purdue doesn't even have to win this game for me to cover this. And wide receiver David Bell last week against what I thought was the best secondary in my college God. football. My 11 Broome? catches, 240 yards. I mean, Broome my man went man. off when <clears throat> I thought the Iowa secondary was unstoppable. Uh, but, you know, they, they went in there. I, I, I was just really impressed by by that performance. And as I said... I don't want to overreact to that performance last week, but I'm more so reacting to what I have not seen from Wisconsin this year. Three and a half is just enough for me to take Purdue. All
1: hey, right. That's good enough for me, Miles. More Let's than- go ahead
0: and end it in the uh, SEC. We have LSU coming off their win against Florida. Wow. And we got hard. number 12, Ole Miss.
1: Coming off their win at Tennessee.
0: Coming off a – very emotional, wow. very crazy win at Neal Stadium, which we picked Ole Miss to cover the spread last week. That's exactly what they did. They came through for us. Here, the spread's a little higher, nine and a half points. I've seen it up to 10 but we'll play it at nine and a half right now. What are you thinking?
1: Oh, this is a game that gives me the goosebumps, man. The game was 11 and points on Monday, and now the news of Matt Kraut, which Honestly, Lane Kiffin hasn't said one word about Corral, which he doesn't say anything about injuries anyway, so it's right. not like there's anything new. But now the line's been driven down three points. I just checked the live lines. It's nine. Wow. Miles, this LSU team cannot freaking stop a booger coming out of their nose, man. There's no way in this entire world that I'm going to be backing LSU. I don't care if they're coming off of a a victory over the number one. Who's number one in the nation right now? Georgia? I don't care if they're they're a game after that. Listen, this this LSU defense is atrocious. They're god-awful. LSU is allowing 28 points per game. That's good for, what, uh, 84th in the country? They're allowing 250. 45 yards through the air. That's 94th. And mind you, that total went down when they played against Florida, a team that also scored in the 40s against them. They're allowing 151 rush yards per game. Also, they don't know how to get off the field. And, God, they are getting carved for 5.6 yards per attempt. Let's say Matt Corral plays. Beautiful. Then I'm loving that I'm getting a – Three and a half a two and a half point discount. This Ole Miss team has a head coach who is an offensive mastermind who I think is more than talented enough to do what with he has. So either getting the nod is gonna be Luke Altemeyer or the Wildcat favorite, John Reese Plumley. I think that regardless of who's under center, I think that they'll be able to score in that 35 to 40 point range because. The John Reese Plumlee, we already know LSU can't stop the run, right? Now they go with Luke. They, we already know LSU can't stop the pass, and it's a home game for Ole Miss, coming off an emotional victory. Sometimes I don't like to back teams off an emotional victory, but it's not an emotional victory where they had to come from behind, they had to fight through fans throwing crap on them through an the entire game. You know these dudes are fired up. I'm gonna go ahead and back the Rebels at nine and a half.
0: Yeah, man, I am all over Ole Miss as well. Uh, Two weeks in a row here, they they came through, through for us last week. I'm even more confident this week, and the lower this spread goes down, the more money that I'm going to put on it. Yes. I mean, Ole Miss averaging 56 points per game at home. As you mentioned, I don't think it matters who starts at quarterback, but let's say that Corral does start at quarterback. I think this is an easy cover. Yeah, Dude we'll played without deal. two of his starting wide receivers last week, ran for 195 yards, passed for 231. <sighs> I mean, he is the heart and soul of that Ole Miss – Offense, whereas you know, Lane Kiffin, as you said, he's the offensive juggernaut and he's got his guy in corral this year. Um, I think the spread's way too low, and I think it's easily a double digit victory no matter who's starting behind center. So I'll go with all miss two weeks in a row here.
1: You know, he he might have submitted his name a little bit further into the Heisman conversation if he doesn't miss any time or they don't lose any more games. I have five picks for Heisman right now, and four of them are in the top five picks. Uh, the only one that's not there is B. John Robinson, which is totally fine. Um, guys, thank you so much. Listen to this first section. I want to invite you to follow what's the spread on at what's the spread underscore. Follow myself at Mr. Brad Thomas and follow Miles at Miles on Sports where we give our analysis and picks every day. For those who like soccer also, I'm on a bit of a soccer heater, uh won about fifteen units in the past three, two and a half days. So Miles has his college football looks on there as well. So be sure to follow. Let's get right into the NFL, Miles, and we're gonna kick it off with your boys. The Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, we're talking about the Bengals and the Ravens here. Uh Ravens at minus six. You know, I was excited to talk about this game. But with Bengals and the Ravens, the Ravens have absolutely owned this matchup. Owned this matchup as of late. And I really didn't know which way to go. Baltimore, 10-4, and gets a spread in their last 14 games. In two meetings last year with the Bengals, they outscored them 65-6. to But I'm going to back my boys here. I'm going to bet the Bengals plus six because I think the spread is just a little bit too high. If we were talking about three, three and a half, or four... I think I'd go Ravens. Maybe it's something about the, the touchdown and all these missed extra points that I've been seeing around the league. But here's, here's the other thing, guys. The Bengals, very quietly, their defense ranking in the top 10 and rushing yards allowed per game, total points allowed, and total point differential. Burrow has not been setting the world on fire, but he is a winner. And, and my man Jamar Chase, as we said in the offseason, don't take a quarterback to an offensive rookie of the year Jamar Chase is your dark horse, and he is proving it week in and week out. Not to go against what the Ravens are doing because they held Justin Herbert under 200 passing yards last week on something like 39 attempts. It was really impressive. And you backed the Ravens last week um, on Operation Fade, and, and yeah. they they they, uh, they came through. But as I said, the spread's just too high for me. I'm going to go with the Bengals plus six in a game that I, abs- uh, that I actually believe they can win.
2: Dude.
1: Miles Markowitz, we are on the same page. Yes. I am backing the Bengals as well. Both teams 3-3 three three against the spread this season. Um but listen, I was doing some advanced level metric tracking and I really wanted to see if I could get a little bit better sense of a game when you have a, a, a obvious obvious team who loves to make explosive plays, and that's the Bengals. This year, explosive play rating on offense, the Bengals are 7th for the pass, right? Explosive ranking defense overall. The Ravens are was that 28th for against the pass? They're 19th, right? Every one out of every 10 plays that the Ravens are playing on defense that is passed is going to be an explosive big gainer. You have Jamar Chase on the other side. I think Jamar Chase feasts here. One thing I was also looking at is, is the team's plus minus to the spread that, that Vegas has set them. Right now, the Bengals at, sitting at a six and a half point or six point uh, dog are being undervalued because they are plus 5.9 to the spread when the Ravens are, uh, then this is totally off the top of my head, uh, but like the Ravens are like plus 5.1. So that means that Vegas has been setting the lines a little bit closer to what the Ravens are than what the Bengals are. They don't know what to do with this Bengals team. Why? Because in the beginning of the season, that the Bengals offensive line was going to be bad. That the Bengals team yep. was going to be bad. The Bengals, you know, where they really excel in defense is their rush defense. And that's going to be good against a Ravens team who could be missing a couple key pieces in their, their backfield, already depleted backfield. And, you know, they're going to have to stop Lamar Jackson. Also, Sammy Watkins is questionable. I don't think Bateman's going to be that replacement for Sammy Watkins. I think the Bengals have a very good shot of an upset here and also
0: I didn't want to say this but there's a
1: ton of money on the Ravens
0: <laughs> music to my ears right <laughs> so you you know I love when you talk stats to me but yes my man I just think 6 is too high in a game it that is. I think the Bengals can absolutely win I mean you know, honestly you 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 look at the Ravens and and they have you know earned their record this year but they've been in too many close games where what have the Bengals shown us that makes us believe that they can't win this game yeah, the Bengals have been in, have been in every game. I mean, outside of, the, of that Bears loss, which was which was tough, yeah. um, they've they've been so competitive in these games, and they're doing it on both sides of the ball. Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon having a great season. Burrow is healthy, and he's the leader of this team.
1: So one thing, six. one thing you said you mentioned Joe Mixon's name. I I didn't haul out this stat because Joe Mixon's not really an explosive back, uh, but he he could have opportunities to explode against this team. Uh, The Ravens are 31st um, and defending explosive runs, which means they're allowing really big plays to happen uh, kind of when they shouldn't happen. Um, So we'll see what happens. I kind of like the six here. Uh, What do we have next?
0: All right. Who picked this game? We got the Carolina Panthers as three point favorites on the road at the reeling New York Giants. To be fair, the Giants have played two very good opponents in the past two weeks, but they have absolutely been blown out of the water. Very curious to see which side that that you're on for this one.
1: God, dog, Miles. Don't make me do it, man. I'm going to go ahead and take the Giants plus three. Listen, I'm all for finding fishy lines, and this is a stinky line. Yeah. Why are the Giants only a three-point dog? I thought it would be like a a six-and-a-half-point dog. This is the highest bet public action uh, on the Panthers, and the line hasn't moved. That tells you a lot. I think that Daniel Jones is quietly having a great, outside of last game, great season, a good bounce-back season. No Saquon Barkley, but nonetheless, Booker is going to get the job done. The Panthers, however, I don't know what it is about them. You know, they have an elite uh, passing defense. Uh, They have a quarterback who's playing okay. But they just find themselves in situations where they're, they're costing them a chance to win the game all the time well, against the, the, the Eagles. The Eagles almost came back against them. Against the, the Vikings. The Vikings almost came back against them. And they do not look like the same team without Christian McCaffrey. Chuba Hubbard is, is is doing very well, you know, for a guy who has to come in and step in and fill the void of an elite player. But their identity has changed. Their players are, are losing focus. It's hard to control a good team and keep them, I mean, a bad team, which they were before, and then blend them into a good team. Just it's they're a work in progress. And I like the three points that I'm getting with the Giants.
0: Yeah, this is almost entirely for me just fading the public. I'm, I'm also going to take the Giants plus three here. Uh, you know, I, I, I was not going to do that originally. But listen, man, this is the NFL. And the, the, the Panthers in the last three games have been a complete shell of themselves for, for what they were when they started the season. So right now you could argue the bad position for both teams, but the Giants have been competitive in their games that haven't been against the top teams in the league, right? And now we know that the Panthers are not what we thought they were in the first three weeks. Again, all that money on Panthers minus three and the line isn't moving at all. But looking at the NFL, I'm going to try and capitalize on that. And I'm going to take the Giants not only plus three, but I'm going to take the Giants to win this game.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh wow, that makes me so excited when we're <laughs> on the same side of the NFL. Up next, we have the Indianapolis Colts. Sunday Night Football. Playing you know? the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are laying three and a half points. I'll start this one off. I'm going to back the Colts. I was, I'm going to admit this in, in a sports better, in a sports caster role, lifestyle. You have to admit when you were wrong. I was wrong about the Colts to start the season. They're a lot better team than I thought they were. Darius Leonard's playing great uh, on the defense. One thing the Colts are going to have to do is going to have to figure out how to get Jonathan Taylor more involved. The insane numbers he's putting out is on playing 37, 36% of the snaps. Uh, I mean, getting 36, 37% of the touches while playing 70% of the snaps. It needs to be higher. I wanted to play like 80% of the snaps because it's not like they're playing from behind a lot. I wanted to be playing closer to that 80%, getting closer to like, I don't know, 45% of the touches. Uh it was crazy because he, he went an entire quarter with just like two touches uh last game. And and then all of a sudden he breaks that big one. I like the Colts here. Jimmy G's coming off an injury, you know. Calf injuries, uh anything lower body are really tricky to come back from, especially for a non-mobile quarterback. So he's going to have to rely on his arm and his pocket awareness a lot more because he's going to be even more of a statue inside that pocket. Carson Wentz, I don't think, is going to have an amazing game, but he doesn't have to. He has guys like Pittman, Mo Alley-Cox, freaking T.Y. Hilton looked really good in the return as well. Pascal, he has enough weapons to do well and their offensive line is playing a little bit better. He's got to keep it in here because that San Francisco defense is tough. He's going to get sacked a lot. He's under pressure a lot. So if he can keep the head case down and not turn the ball over, they should should win this game. Um, And so for those reasons, I'm backing the Colts, plus 3.5.
0: Yeah, you know, it's difficult for me to back the Niners, minus 3.5 with Jimmy G coming off his injury. However, I am going to take the home team here on Sunday Night Football for the Niners in a game that I feel like they must have if they don't want to fall out of the NFC West race that is quickly getting away from them. Now, the thing with the Niners is they're coming off a bye week, which could be a good or a bad thing. It definitely gave Jimmy G time to rest and come back for this game. And then the week before that, you got to remember, they played the Cardinals to a tune of a 17-10 game. Now, they didn't win that game, uh, but you could argue the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are number one in the ESPN's power rankings right now. And that Niners defense held the Cardinals to 17 points. So on a Sunday night football game, home matchup, In a game I feel like they have to have Jimmy G coming off injury and me just not thinking Carson Wentz is a good quarterback, and I stand by that. I'm going to go ahead and take the Niners.
1: All right. I I, I can totally – listen. You can make an argument for any any, any bit of action on this game because it's prime time. What I'm going to do for the Monday night football game is I'm going to make a pick now. And then I'm going to make a pick once I see where the public action has settled. The public has been getting absolutely demolished. Um, So to segue into our Monday night game, it's the New Orleans Saints laying five versus Seattle Seahawks. As it stands now, my money is going to be on the New Orleans Saints. Okay. Um, I think the Saints are a little bit different in a predicament than the Steelers. The Steelers have a terrible offense. Terrible, terrible offense. No offensive line and a good defense. That's why the Seahawks were able to come back. You know, It wasn't because anything other than that terrible offense couldn't get anything going. I think that the Saints present a good offensive line, a good offense, coupled with a good defense that should shut down Geno Smith fairly well. I'm going to lay the five here, but I'm going to be more than comfortable laying the points the other way should the public be against me or be with me. I don't want to be with the public for this primetime
2: game.
0: Yeah, uh, Geno Smith has been on the struggle bus. But for me, this comes down to last Monday night, I took the Titans plus six because I said that Monday night games have been absolutely insane. So I took the home dog and it paid off. I'm going to do the same thing here, back-to-back weeks in a game where I feel like we really don't know what we're getting from the Seahawks yet. Geno Smith, give him some time to settle in. He's obviously not a starting quarterback in this league, but he can't be any worse than he already has been. I'm going to take the points here with... uh, Seahawks plus five. Uh, I, I just feel like if they, if they can just get a little more out of their receivers and get a little more space for Geno to make plays, that they'll be able to keep this just cl- – I mean, I, I was impressed how well they played even against the Steelers, yeah. honestly, uh, in, their, in their primetime game last weekend. So I'm more than fine taking what I consider to be a, a big point spread in the NFL at five yeah, for on sure. a primetime game where it worked out for me last week, where the Titans not only covered, but they got the win. Two different teams – <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with the home team again the the home dog again on Monday Night Football.
1: Totally fair, guys. Thank you for listening to this first section of What's the Spread? We up next we have our new favorite segment, the Goal Line. Stay tuned.
0: All right, welcome to the Goal Line. Today we have co-host of Bet with Us podcast and college football handicapper at Sports Profit, our very good friend, my man. Welcome
1: to the show.
2: Welcome you, in. Happy to be here.
1: Awesome. So like Miles said, we're just going to go through your plays, give our opinions on it. We are so glad you joined
2: us. Why don't you start with your first play of the weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be starting with Buffalo team total for the first half over 16 and a half. Um, I got that at about a m- minus 144. Um, I'm also seeing like closer to 150 on some books. I probably wouldn't wouldn't play this over minus 150 just because that's kind of my personal uh, no-no zone. So um, but yeah, I, I really like this play. Um, they get Akron at home, uh, but Buffalo being the home team, uh, home team that is, and um, Akron's defense is just is just really bad. Um, and 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 there's some patterns to look at um, when when you when you see Akron uh, kind of play a step up in competition this year. Uh, obviously, they they played Auburn and they've also played Ohio State this year. They got waxed in both of those games. Uh, giving up huge, just chunk yardage on the ground, getting gashed, and that's what Buffalo likes to do. Buffalo has has one of the best run games in the MAC, um, and and if you can't stop the run, like that's 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 basically what they're going to do. And and they've actually been taking a lot of flack this year because all they do is run the ball. And teams that bet Buffalo, they get frustrated because they're like, "Why are they running on third and seven or whatever?" I just don't think that that's going to be an issue on this one, uh, just because. If you look at Akron's schedule, so they played Auburn and Ohio State. They lost 60 to, to 10 and 60 to 7 in, in yep. those respective games. And then um, all their other games, like they've played Bryant, Ohio, Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio. And then, like, you see, like, obviously Buffalo's not Auburn. They're not uh, Ohio State, but they are like a little step up from those guys, probably closer to like Temple. And when Temple played them, um, they beat them 45 to 24 and Temple ran for like seven, seven and a half yards of carry on them. So with this game being in Buffalo, I really, really like Buffalo to get over that number.
1: Now I like this game a lot. Um, I'm a big follower of Maxion. and for Buffalo, you know, they've had a tough go of it. You know, they had to, they, after being able to, you know, destroy Wagner, they had to travel to Nebraska after Nebraska. Then they play coastal. Then they have a grind out against old dominion, lose to Western Michigan, they just had tough games on their schedule all season where, you know, they, they've had to grind. I think this is a good opportunity for Buffalo to get a team like Akron, who's not very good, not very good at defense, to kind of explore and remember what it's like at the beginning of the season to blow teams out. I like this look.
0: Yeah, I uh, Akron helped get Ohio State season back on track, so I'm uh, liking that team total for the Bulls there.
1: <laughs> all right, go ahead and tell us your second play.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the second play that I've got for the show is going to be uh, Air Force full game minus the three uh, against San Diego State. So San Diego State, depending on the poll that you look at, uh, they're somewhere between 20 and 22 um, in the country. Um, in my opinion, they're not going to be ranked next week. In my opinion, they shouldn't be ranked this week. Um, they're, they're, they're just very one-dimensional. Um, I think they're 6-0 or they're 7-0 in the Mountain West. They, to me, they were better last year because they weren't as one-dimensional, but um, their quarterback, uh, Brookshire, for San Diego State, might be one of the worst quarterbacks uh, in college football uh, when we're talking about FBS teams. He's just uh, – he can't throw on the run. I mean, he, he, he looks like he's shot-putting the football up there. Um, and, and they're going to they're gonna face a, a really tough run defense in Air Force. Air, Air Force is number nine in the, in the country and uh, yards allowed per game. Uh, obviously some of that has to do with them being a ball control, you know, triple option uh, t- type offense. But um, I think, I, I don't know. I don't really know. Um, I mean, I understand why the line is set where it is, but I think that air force is, is getting a little bit disrespected by, by the uh, the public here. San Diego state's taken 70% of uh, the, the wagers. Uh, maybe that's just because, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of public bettors just look and say, well, they're undefeated and they're number 20 in the nation. Uh, this game is, is going to be uh, at Air Force, um, you know, uh, up in the elevation. Um, you know, they're going to do their thing. You know, somebody told me the other day, well, San Diego State's good at stopping the run, too. But you haven't played Air Force. You haven't played a military-style yeah. offense. It's a completely different look. I think Air Force can move the ball on almost any defense in the entire country maybe excluding the top four or five teams in the, in in the entire country. But um, yeah, Zeke Daniels is a really great athlete at quarterback. He's one of the better passers air force has ever had at the quarterback position. And obviously, you know, he's got wheels too, if he needs them, which is great for the triple option. Um, Yeah. I just think that, 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 you know, they probably comfortably win. I'm seeing a win by, you know, seven to 10 points in this one, pretty comfortably. Sweet. I want to highlight something you said, like, the public back San Diego
1: State because they're a brand name, you know, like even in that San Diego State game when they played San Jose State, I, I did the super teaser. which I, I'm a, not a big fan of doing teasers in college football, but I felt that the line was a little too sharp, but also too risky to back San Jose State. So I did the super teaser to get them at plus like I'm at plus two. Okay. two. They're a, a fan favorite on betting, but they're not as good as their brand is, if that makes sense. Um, you, you you see who have they played all season. Like, at, to start the season when they played against uh, Utah, you know, th- that was supposed to be a big win. But now we've seen that Utah is not a good program. And right. like you said, people don't watch Air, air Force. They, they, you know, they watch – the navies, they watch the armies. So sometimes we get the opportunity of getting good lines. We got a good line against uh, Boise State. We got a good line against Wyoming. We got a good line even in that uh, Utah State game. I think they were uh what, like a seven point dog somewhere around there, and they yep. they covered. They lost, but they covered. The, they covered. They lost by four. So they're always a team that you have to kind of look at. I appreciate those plays. What do you think, Miles? Yeah. Jump on a favorable line like that. We were just talking about
0: this where you, where you got a ranked opponent going or playing an unranked opponent and they're getting points. There's, there's, there's something to look at there. So I like the value.
1: Hey man, thank you so much for joining the show. If you want to plug anything, this is your stage.
2: Sure. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, give me a follow on Twitter. That's, that's my exact Twitter uh, handle right there. The O in profit is actually a zero because uh, that's how Twitter is and you can't get it exactly how you want it but yeah um other than that just best of luck this weekend uh, to both of you guys and appreciate you having me on absolutely thanks man guys that's at sports profit with the o being a zero thank you so
1: much for listening to this episode of what's the spread be sure to download the podcast on itunes stitcher or however else you get your podcasts take care